Hello, and welcome to Dungeons and Dopamine, week two. I'm Bree Fagan. I'm Jess Warzniad. This is our second installment of Dungeons and Dopamine, where we bring just a tiny bit of dopamine into your life every week. And you missed us. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> it's been a week. You couldn't live without us. You've discovered that we should make a Patreon and you should support us because then we could dedicate more time. Yeah. And, and you could do get more, more updates and more dopamine. All the dopamine. No more dungeons, though. We're not providing dungeons. I mean, it's not out of the question. If you pay us <laughs> enough, we will do a lot. True. We like to play Dungeons and Dragons, so. Like, we could somehow we'll figure out a yeah. Patreon level. Yeah, that involves Dra- dungeons. dungeons. Maybe a dragons one. Yeah. Bring back the dragons to Dungeons and Dragons. Right. And dopamine. Dungeons oh. and Dragons and dopamine. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we are actually in the midst of a D&D campaign. We are? <laughs> we, <laughs> we're trying to be... Feel like Bev Lorna still has something of mine. Yes, your ability to grow facial hair. That's right. As a tiefling, I have no facial hair. She's pretty spooky looking. Mm-hmm. I am the DM, Dungeon Mastress. Mistress. Mistress. I like mistress. Mm-hmm. Um, its proximity to a mattress <laughs> is startling, but as long as we enunciate, right. We'll be good. We did theater for yeah, you know, a couple of years. Yeah, we're like pro basically. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we are in the middle of the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and it's going pretty good. Aside from that, we haven't been able to meet for over a month because we're adults and life happens. I and suspect we'll be Jessica back to wanted, it. Wanted like new countertops or something, and had to like redo her kitchen. I don't know. And like a whole upstairs thing yeah, where we're like, like building a bedroom and place for our kids to hang out. Ugh. I don't know. She's so needy. I'm, I am pretty needy. <laughs> I even dragged Bree and her husband into the kitchen remodel. I mean, she volunteered, but she didn't want it to be her fault after she got here. It took us four <laughs> hours to remove the tiled island that was a pretty fantastic tiled island you had we're still finding bits of tile chips everywhere i assume you will up until you move out i think you're right and then the new owners will find it and actually i plan to die here so (laughs) maybe in my afterlife to deal with someday yeah yeah this is a her problem Mm -hmm. not a me problem that all the time about her house. <laughs> well, this will oh, be yours someday. They so. can choose between, or they can like vacation at one of our homes. Yeah. In case you've all forgotten, our kids are going to get married someday. Mm-hmm. They're only and... six now, but it's fine. Yeah, well, six and yeah. seven. Six and seven. Carly yes. is a little older. Carly's an older woman, mm-hmm. matured. <laughs> he needs that. Kind of really does need that. <laughs> they love each other. It's adorable. The best. So, dopamine. Dopamine. I have some. Me too. (laughs) It's awesome. Mm. I'm still on conspiracy dopamine. Mm -hmm. Conspiracy week two. I feel like you have 
quite a few of them. I do. I did Tangent Attack. Um, I am sticking with houseplants, um, but we're going to kind of, or we, I'm going to kind of get into houseplants and ADHD um, or mental health in general, which again could be a whole third topic, just houseplants and therapy. I'm sure I'll be distracted by next week. (laughs) (laughs) I would be impressed if you got a good three weeks out of this. I would be impressed too. Because I feel like, like I've known my topics for a long time and like group them together and study them ad nauseum. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like you've got like, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This. Well, I can only focus on it if the moment strikes just right. Right. So if I try to say that I'm going to have a topic that's like Addison's disease, I won't be able to actually talk about it until for some reason that becomes my hyper hyper focus of the week because otherwise it just doesn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) Also, we will pay the pet tax if we ever do talk about Addison's. We both have dogs who suffer and we will pay the pet tax on our Facebook, which you should visit. Yeah, we have one of those. We do. It's Dungeons Dungeons and and Dopamine. Dopamine. And you should check us out. If you're one of our friends, you were probably invited. And if you didn't accept, we hate you. And we're no longer friends. Yeah. You're not guest starring on our dopamine show. (laughs) You don't bring us dopamine. It's like Marie Kondo. <laughs> you do not bring me joy. Yep. <laughs> I use I use the word joy about my plants a lot. They bring I've, me joy. You'll I feel notice like those that words actually go together. in yeah. my podcast today. Nice my topic. I talk about joy quite often. That's that's good because mine is spoopy again. <laughs> Perfect. It's spooky. It's just a little creepy. And then I'm going to totally ruin it. I have the perfect ending to my conspiracy theories today. Yes. I'm very excited to ruin everything for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and you're so good at it. <laughs> I know. I've got a talent. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm going to start this week. Yes. Um, and as I said, I'm kind of sticking with the houseplants thing. And honestly, this is mostly because I ran out of time with last week's topic. Um, I could have kept going and decided just to make it into two topics. So this one focuses specifically on um, houseplants and ADHD or houseplants and mental health. Um, And I'll be completely honest, a lot of it is just from my own brain. It's my own thoughts and my own experiences. Um, I did do some research, but it was all pretty general. There wasn't a lot of um, scholarly research specific to ADHD and houseplants. It was more like the benefits of nature in general on mental health, which I will talk about. Um, But a lot of this is just from my brain. Take it as you will. I am not a doctor. I do not have any medical degrees. Um, I just spend a lot of time on Google. And... (laughs) TikTok, actually, when it comes to ADHD. Seriously, TikTok. Um, Because if you ever had questions about ADHD, it is on TikTok. So, um, me personally, uh, I know you and I kind of built this whole podcast around us having ADHD, which we did not know as children. 
Um, no. Because as much as it was diagnosed when we were children, it was not diagnosed in women, or no. girls especially. I don't think I met a single girl when we were younger that would have been considered hyperactive or ADHD. Um, I remember plenty of the boys that were considered ADD or hyperactive, but obviously now that we are adults, we can see all those signs of both of us when we were younger um, and see how we got to where we are now. Um, I was diagnosed officially, I don't know, sometime in my 20s probably. Uh, I was seeing a psychiatrist for different reasons, um, actually for, I guess, for um, anxiety and depression, which is actually um, a big problem that a lot of women are diagnosed with anxiety and depression when in reality it is usually ADHD. And that was definitely true for me. Um, once I was medicated for ADHD, I found that a lot of the problems I had with depression and anxiety didn't exist anymore. Because it turns out when your executive fun function starts to work a little better and you can actually like focus on things, life isn't quite so hard. Yeah, and you don't feel so crappy about the things you couldn't do yeah. because you actually gave it your best. You didn't look around at your messy house and say, it's actually too messy for me to clean. <laughs> yes. Um, and as an adult, I am medicated now. Um, I did spend a few years unmedicated, especially when I was pregnant and breastfeeding. I prefer it at this time in my life. I don't think it's something I will always do. Um, I like having my brain work and because my brain currently runs on chaos. I always have multiple things that I'm juggling, so medication is for me. It is not for everybody. One of the things that I've actually found helps with my ADHD is houseplants. And this is kind of a double-edged sword because it wasn't always that way, because with ADHD, houseplants actually sounds like an awful hobby because they require like extra care and regular watering and you have to know stuff about them. And you have to remember they exist. And they die if you get bored of them. And, and if you don't remember they exist, they die. Like, when I first started, when I had my first baby spider plant, um, she did not always do well. And she has been on the brink of death a few times. And the biggest thing I've noticed is it's because if I have between 1 and 10 houseplants, I forget they exist. But if I have over 10 houseplants, they are usually always in my line of vision if I am at home. There is always a houseplant somewhere. And that makes it much easier for me to remember that I not only own a bunch of houseplants, but they need me to care for them. Uh, one of the first things I did was I, when I got numerous houseplants is I tried to download an app. This is probably something that works for a lot of people. Um, the one I downloaded was Planta. There are a couple other ones. It worked really well for telling me what plant I have and what plant or and what it likes and doesn't like, um, but it would put in like automatic watering reminders and instead of like listening to my plants or checking my plants, I would just water them because the app told me to. Um, and it turns out you can overlove plants and they don't always like that. So I lost a lot of succulents that way um, because they don't like to be watered every time the app tells me to. So at some point, obviously, it started becoming an obsession. I could see the plants wherever they are. Um, but it started helping me because plants are a great dopamine burst. They are pretty. They are alive. 
and they reward you. So if you are plant caring for your plants well, they grow babies, or they grow new leaves, or they grow pretty flowers, or they produce fruit, or they do something, they give back to you. Um, that is important for me because I need to know that whatever I'm doing has benefits, and I need to know that they, those benefits exist very quickly because if I don't see any benefits, I lose interest and I'm bored and I'm out. I also enjoy houseplants because they're indoors and I'll probably get into my gardening problems someday, but my biggest problem is I can't control the outside. So inside I can control what temperature it is, I can control if there are pests, I can control, you know, that my animals aren't going to eat them. I cannot control any of that outside. So I knew that plants were good for me. I like the way they make my house look. I like the way um, they, they make my husband happy. They give me dopamine bursts. They um, provide presents, which is good for me too, because sometimes I forget to buy presents and now I can just give people plants. Um, they're considered, they're like a healthy thing. There's some studies that maybe they're improving my air quality, which is good because I have allergies and asthma. Um, I also look at them as kind of a responsible distraction. So on the days that I am stuck or frozen and I can't get my brain to let me do anything, it will always let me do plants. So if I can get through that first jump and get into watering the plants and talking to my plants and hanging out with my plants, then I'm on my feet and I'm moving and by the time I'm done with that, I can usually move on to what else I need to do. Um, so it's really good way to motivate me to get up and use that executive function, but it's painless. It's not like me trying to convince myself to get up and do the dishes. So thinking about all of that, I did get into, I tried to do some internet research. Um, the coolest thing I found, maybe not the coolest, but one of the things I found is there is a health company, health organization, um, that will decide or will give you a designation of being well certified. So your company or your organization or your building can be well certified. And well certified basically means that that building or that organization delivers more thoughtful and intentional spaces that enhance human health and well-being. And there's a whole handbook on how buildings can be made to be well certified or how organizations can be well certified. And they require that either 1% of the floor space or 2% of the wall space in a well certified building is dedicated to plants. So either in pots or um, a living wall or something like that, they have to be in these well certified, these health conscious organizations. Um, and that's because most people probably know this, but every article I could find tells you that being outside is good for your brain. Nature is good for your brain. Um, getting outside and, and just not being stuck in our air-conditioned, cramped houses all the time is good for us. Um, there's plenty of articles out now that talk about school-age school, school age children and how important it, is, important it is for them to be outside. A lot of schools are starting to do outdoor learning. Um, Connor's school, they asked him to, or we had to provide a towel in the beginning of the school year because when it's nice outside, they'll go outside and learn outside. 
they have a garden at the school that they that they work on um, some of the studies show it's not even just like being outside but getting dirty and getting involved in the process just kind of lights up all those brain areas so it helps them learn better you see a lot of community gardens in inner city schools and that's not just because these kids need more veg fruits and vegetables which they do but it's because teaching them to garden and getting them outside and getting their hands dirty is so developmentally important to like so many different parts of our brain which i think is just incredible i could read you a billion articles about how important it is to you know be in nature and and do things outside but it all boils down to it's good for our brain and the best part for me with the houseplants is it calms my brain at least my type of ADHD I feel like my brain is on all the time and it's just going and it's jumping from topic to topic and trying to remember all these different things I have to do but on Friday afternoons when I get out of job number one I set aside every week at least two hours where I go through and I water my plants and I check my plants and I talk to my plants and I see the new blooms that they have or what new leaves that they have and and if they're flowering or what they're doing and it is so calming and such a good mental space for me to be in at the end of a long week so it's a Friday afternoon I'm out of work for the weekend or at least done with that job for the weekend um, yeah, you're, you're a realtor. You don't have a weekend. <laughs> I, I never get weekends, <laughs> but I at least get those two hours of calmness and focus. And it, again, is something that brings me dopamine naturally. So I am always motivated to do it. It's never become one of those like, oh, now it's just a thing that I have to do and I hate it because there's always that dopamine burst. There's always something new. And once you get up to 58 houseplants, if one or two of them die every once in a while, it's okay because <laughs> it just means that it was too fancy to live in my house anyway. I think that we're going to need to keep a running tally of your plants. I have half of a list from my plant, my planta app. Um, there are a few that never made it into the app, but it also does keep a plant graveyard for me. <laughs> so I know which ones I have killed throughout the year. Most of them are succulents. I'm sorry to hear that. It's just... But... I think those are one of the things I can actually keep alive. <laughs> because you can just forget about them. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So, um, houseplants I are love great it. for ADHD. They're great for all kinds of mental health, um, but they're at least for me, they're really good for my ADHD. It's a really good dopamine burst. It's a healthy dopamine burst. Um, and as I mentioned last week, most of the time plants are cheap or free. Like unless you're wanting one of these fancy brands or one of these fancy named ones, um, my local plant shop always has a $5 rack. And it's maybe something that's not doing too well or just a small thing that she propagated that can't be sold with the rest of it. And if they die, it's okay. And if they succeed and they grow, then it's like, look what I did. I just saved this plant off a $5 rack. Or it's a propagation from one of my friends. And if I kill it, then I can go get another one. God called her home. <laughs> <laughs> it just was her time. Um, it's better. She's not in pain anymore. <laughs> yes. So besides the mess and the learning curve, there are very little downsides to this. Now, question. 
your indoor kitties. I do not have indoor kitties. Okay, I didn't know if you let them in or not. Because I know you had a good boy who you were trying to convince the husband to let live in the house. Murphy will live in my house eventually. Um, Not while the big dog is there. Abby is not (laughs) Not while the husband is alive. (laughs) Um, And she wins. Because she is 11 and a big dog, and we She's might have lady. She's... a year left with her. Right. So she rules the roost. When Murphy does move inside, I'm hoping he's too fat and lazy to get on the counters. Because I do know that a lot of my plants are toxic to animals. Um, they're all up places where the dogs can't get at them, so that's not an issue. Um, or, like, there's one Rex knocks her off. <laughs> all the time but he's not interested in it so it's fine so it's all good um but that is is something to consider for people with indoor cats or um dogs or children that like to put things in their mouths so one of my future topics now will have to be cat safe yeah yes writing it i'm digging it you'll have to be in the mood yes you'll have to it'll probably be you know close to when it's time for murphy to move (laughs) yes exactly Perfect. I love it. I love the correlation between mental health and plants. There's so much that I've never thought about, like the instant gratification. I'm very big on instant gratification, (laughs) like probably too much where this ice cream cone has made me happy. Perhaps I should buy another. (laughs) Yes, yes. I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. Um, If it brings you joy. You have to have all of it. Exactly. (laughs) And immediately. Yes. Why construction projects are hard. Mm -hmm. They don't happen immediately. Yep. It's like everything, like, so much. If I could just it. So the other cool thing about plants, most of them anyway, is they show you if they're not doing well. Like, especially like a peace lily is the whiniest plant that's ever existed. If she (laughs) is a little bit thirsty, she like wilts. Like... I'll leave in the morning and she looks fine. And by the time I get home, she looks like she's dying. She's drama queen. She, yes. So, but then I know I have to water her. And right. I put water in her. And within an hour, she's like perked back up. Yay. It's yeah. the best instant gratification. See, I didn't, never thought of that. And I love it. And now that you've taught everyone something and brought them up, I'm going to bring them down. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> We really have to keep each other level like that. Yeah, absolutely. The balance, there, that's important. There will be no joy. Not too much, anyway. <laughs> uh, so, I'm back on conspiracy theories. This one toes the line a little bit of conspiracy theories. It's almost more of, like, urban legend or, I don't know, I, like, almost paranormal. Para, paramoral. <laughs> I like this word. Para. <laughs> what can we normal. make Paramoral. We'll work on this. (laughs) So this is something that I've been fascinated by since I was a kid, which you might remember. I had forgotten about it until you mentioned it. (laughs) Yes, when I told you this is going to be a topic. So the Bermuda Triangle. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. So this was a big deal in the 90s for some reason. The Bermuda Triangle, like, they'd have books that came out and documentaries and like history channel shows and stuff like that in the 90s. I was convinced as a kid that I had solved the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle and the whole mystery was that 
the the Garden of Eden was kept in the center of the Bermuda Triangle, and thus that's why you couldn't get there because we're not allowed back there. No, we are not allowed back, and it would we lost our chance. Exactly, it would totally screw up all your instruments, and like people would disappear. So those were the people who'd gotten there. And unfortunately, were struck down because they were not supposed to be there. It turns out I may have vastly misunderstood the Bermuda Triangle when I was a child. So no, <laughs> uh, I've I've strayed. You mean it's not like that Rocco's Modern Life episode where it's just a triangle in the middle I, of the ocean? I cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> I don't remember. My favorite episode of Rocco is when he gets all his groceries for 99% off. And he has a horrible time in the grocery store. And then he gets up to the register. And as she rings his final um, item in, the time changes by a minute. And the sale is over. And so he goes nuts. And he, like, screams (laughs) that he's just had this horrible day. So then she takes it back down she gives him the sale price and so he puts them in his trunk and as he's driving out of the parking lot he hits a speed bump and the trunk opens and he loses all of his groceries i love that right next topic yes 90s cartoons absolutely ah real monsters peak television Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. bermuda triangle anyway um it does actually form a triangle um it is called the devil's triangle as well kind of creepy definitely not where the garden of eden and so it starts at florida it goes to bermuda uh puerto rico and then back up to florida and that's why it creates a triangle it's first documented where they can see it in writing is thought to be christopher columbus and what he said that he saw was lights in the sky. And my first thing was like, well, he's seeing northern lights. Like, they can see them all over the world at different parts of the mm-hmm. year because of how it's reflecting and things like that. But he said that it looked like floating candlelight and it ebbed and flowed like fire. So, really interesting, super creepy. Mm-hmm. One of the most popular instances of a disaster i guess i should start by saying the bermuda triangle is known for disasters people travel through it all the time successfully but there are an influx of crashes airplanes boats ships small large whatever one of the most famous is flight 19 in 1945 five navy planes uh departed to they were bombing a a barge and they did they succeeded in bombing that barge but the audio after that turns really weird there were 14 men on these five airplanes and there were a mix of very seasoned pilots and then trainees and on the audio recording, they they seem really confused. They're arguing amongst each other, and they are talking about turning on equipment and stuff that there's absolutely no trace they ever turned on. 
they reported the two compasses aboard their aircrafts were not working and they just didn't seem to know where they were going the last documented instance of them they said they were going east when in reality they were actually flying south they were completely discombobulated and eventually they're talking about where they're gonna land and how and they just disappear completely gone without a trace they have no one's ever found their airplanes no one has ever obviously found these men 14 men in five airplanes are just gone no evidence of them all five all, i thought all you were five gonna say them. like one no went missing out. they're all gone we cannot find them even to this day and they sent out a rescue force to try and find these guys which also disappeared so total 27 people just missing gone gone nowhere to be found absolutely creepy so uh, i think that even creepier than that which really <laughs> is that within the bermuda triangle there have been documented 1600 ghost ships a ghost ship is when a ship gets found is completely void of passengers whether there's evidence that they were there or not they are no longer and there are 1600 documented within the bermuda triangle that's a really big number it's a huge and that's number of ships right not people so we don't yeah. even know how many people were yeah. on yeah these 1600 absolutely wild so um I have a plethora of stories that just I can creep you out with. <laughs> if Flight 19 didn't do enough, um, there was a documented case. This was more recent of a man traveling at 40 knots across the water. He was in uh, in his boat, a small recreational boat, and a green light came from nowhere kind of sat next to him for a moment, kept up with his boat, and then sped past him. 40 knots, that's pretty fast. Mm -hmm. So there's the USS Cyclops, um, which went out in the 40s, and 309 men were aboard the ship. The last documented recording or, or the last communication from them was that they were in the Bermuda Triangle, and it was beautiful. The sun was out. It was gorgeous weather. And then everything vanished. 309 men and an entire ship. And a ship to carry 300 men is not going to be little. <laughs> right. Gone. They still have not found it to this day. Um, there was a ship in the 90s that they found the wreckage for. And it had been completely snapped in half uh and not like like i was spoke last week on the titanic not like the titanic broke there are jagged edges this was a completely clean sheer um i did actually see it in a video where they were diving down to see it and it was wild it was crazy i mean it's a little different now that it's been down there for right. so long but sheer like someone came in with um a metal cutting machine and just snapped it in half is absolutely mind-blowing you also have the 
Royal Navy sent out a ship from Bermuda. It was headed to England and it completely disappeared, ship and crew. The Douglas DC-3 in 1948 was an airplane. They were flying from Puerto Rico to Miami. 32 people, gone. Airplane gone. The Connemara 4 was a yacht. It was found, the ship was found with absolutely no one aboard it. And there was evidence that this this yacht had survived three different hurricanes out in the water. But no one was on it still. Crazy. Oh. Um, the in the 1970s there was a man flying. He was with two other men, and they were in an airplane flying. Um, they came up on clouds, which is pretty normal, and they were seeing flashes of light within the clouds. And they attributed it to an electrical storm, which apparently is also pretty normal. And just you've got to be cautious. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a big deal though. But suddenly, the clouds came together to form a tunnel, and he flew through the tunnel, and when he was deposited on the outside of the tunnel, he was in like a strange foggy mist, and none of his electrical equipment was working. And when they were finally able to see where they were at, they were 100 miles off course. And the amount of time they had been in the air made it entirely impossible that they would have traveled a hundred miles what so he thinks that he went through a wormhole so this was the 70s so it's a little bit more a little bit more recent than Mm -hmm. you know the 1940s um there is a small island there's a ton of small islands within the the, uh, triangle and one of the islands has a lighthouse on it Mm -hmm. it's an important lighthouse they keep it lit because of cruise ships and things going through the area it can be kind of danger um there's typically two keepers on this island for this lighthouse and the only way to get to and from this island is obviously a boat it's an island right um but it's not too small to fly on yes yep and you can't swim you know back and forth it's just not close enough to anything for that so in 1969 they noticed that there was something amiss and people went to the island to check on the lighthouse and they had disappeared they both keepers were gone no explanation of where they went, no evidence. They didn't leave notes or document why they would have left. They were just gone. Um, there was an airplane that was, and I don't have a date on this one, unfortunately. This one was kind of vague. It was called the Irving Rivers, and it was approaching to land, and the control tower could see the lights of the airplane, but the plane never landed. It just disappeared. What? I wild like it just blows my mind how where where could they have gone um there was a a yacht excuse me named witchcraft which like stay off of that yacht don't get on it (laughs) to begin with yeah especially in the bermuda triangle exactly just don't you're like you're (laughs) tempting the fates yeah you're mocking them at that point (laughs) they clip your string right uh so it was 19, I want to say 78, that this yacht went out. They were going to cruise along the coast of Miami and check out the Christmas lights. Um, this is clearly above my pay grade. I have no idea what that means. Besides, <laughs> I like Christmas lights. Right. I don't know what it's like to go cruising in a yacht to see them. To but... look at Christmas lights on the coast of Florida. Exactly. Wow. Um, 
But besides my absolute jealousy, um, they radioed in and told the Coast Guard, hey, we're dead in the water. We're safe. It's non-emergency, but we're going to need a tow in. 18 minutes later, the Coast Guard arrived and there was no sign of them. No ship, no people, nothing. It's gone. Completely missing. Wow. If you want something a little bit uh, more our time, in 2015, there were two boys who went out on their mom's boat fishing. I think they were they were actually 15-year-olds. Um, and one of them Snapchatted a storm that was coming in. Uh, and that was the last communication anyone ever had with these two boys. They disappeared. The boat was found two days later, void of their keepers, of the boys. Just the boat was okay, but there were no boys on board. So um, the final one that I have is called the Carol Deering, 1921. So we're traveling back again. Uh, This ship ran aground in South Carolina. It was damaged and when they went on the boat to see what might have happened, they saw that all of the emergency signals had been like lit or or sent out whatever and the lifeboats and the belongings of the people were missing. They never found them and it was suspected that the triangle actually caused a mutiny which caused these people to leave their ship. Okay. In the Triangle, it's one of two places on Earth. The other place is near Japan called, like, the Devil's Sea or something. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the only two places in the world where your compass will show you true north, not magnetic north. And true north is approximately 20 degrees off from magnetic north. So that's sort of wild. There's a vortex that will kill all of your equipment it will make it go wild um <clears throat> sailors believe it's a portal to another world Atlantis. It, exactly <laughs> that is actually one of the theories of the bermuda triangle which is my favorite theory atlantis <laughs> that's what yes. i wanted to. if it can't be the garden of eden as i brilliantly came up with as a child it should be atlantis mm-hmm. um there's also mermaids Aliens, there's always aliens. Of course. Uh, Other dimensions and methane bubbles under the sea that cause things to blow up and also cause you to go crazy. Oh. Um, Better than methane. (laughs) (laughs) So you're welcome for that. Um, Now, unfortunately, comes the time where I ruin all of the fun of the Bermuda Triangle. But I wanted to be a believer. I know. Well, you can totally uh, logic your way out of my logic. It's completely okay. So some of the weird stuff, like the ghost ships, turns out that the Bermuda Triangle, unfortunately, is between where the South Pole and the North Pole wind patterns meet up. And because of that, they don't have much of an air pattern there. And so back when they relied on sails to move there was no wind Ah. and thus they would start running out of supplies they couldn't get going and they would start drinking salt water which uh kind of a cool quote i mean sort of morbid i guess now that i'm saying it out loud (laughs) um kind of a cool quote was the moment you 
take your first drink of salt water is the moment you start dying because it's real bad for you. Your yeah. kidneys don't like it. <laughs> no, out. they don't. <laughs> the other interesting thing is like if a storm is coming in or if you have run out of supplies, your brain doesn't always think of logical things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just immediately tells you, go save yourself. And that might sometimes mean jumping off a boat because of a storm coming at you. Once you're off the boat, your brain's like, oh, poo, we made a mistake. (laughs) This was the wrong choice. (laughs) And then it's too late Mm because now there's a storm and your ship is over there and here over here and shark. But (laughs) (laughs) the the other thing is the Sheridan half boat. There are hundreds of those on the floor of the Bermuda Triangle. But they actually do have an explanation so this kills me that there are explanations for i all this. just assumed there's no way there could be an explanation <laughs> exactly, for this right so these these things called rogue waves can happen and they happen in the middle of the ocean and they can be anywhere from like 10 to 100 feet tall so these waves can come and if your ship goes up on it you're on a point and your ship I'm using my hands like the people listening to us can hear this. (laughs) But your ship is on top of it and it will just break in half. And there's so much weight and so much pressure that it will be a completely clean break. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even need to pull or anything. It just snaps. Absolutely wild. And then the most sad and unfortunate thing was an insurance adjuster talking about the Bermuda Triangle. And he said, I understand that people want to fear this and be excited about this, but the Bermuda Triangle doesn't even show up on the 10 most dangerous chunks of ocean to travel. And he said, people who run the world right now are real concerned about their investments. And if you had a ship and you wanted to go through the Bermuda Triangle, your insurance company if they were real worried about you not making it, would make sure they were going to get their money. And the fact that your insurance rates don't skyrocket (laughs) for crossing the Bermuda Triangle shows you that there is nothing wrong. And it makes me really sad that he's completely right. That is absolutely right. I know, absolutely. And I could apply that to so many things in my life that I worry about. (laughs) It's so disheartening because it's so much fun. Yeah. They do think that this all started in the 60s. There was a a man who wrote for a fiction magazine, stories, Mm -hmm. fun stuff. He wrote an article vaguely alluding to the Bermuda Triangle being a source of magic and mayhem. And that's where people started picking it up, Mm -hmm. really gained its momentum in the 90s. And then scientists were like, no, no, we're going to put this to bed. And they did. And then the insurance adjusters were like, yeah, scientists are right. And I just wanted to believe in mermaids. (laughs) There's still a chance. Absolutely. They just don't live in the Bermuda Triangle. True. Or they do, but they kill everyone that sees them. (laughs) Like the angel in the Garden of Eden. (laughs) Yes. Oh, so, so really um, what happened is the insurance adjuster is from that world been... and he is trying to deter you from investigating further by telling you it's much too boring because there's no dopamine in that. I, 
absolutely accept your theory. <laughs> it is fact. Yes. The scientists were paid off by the Atlanteans. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. This is the only science I will accept. <laughs> this is obviously the only answer. Absolutely. Is. I, I really appreciate you coming in and saving that for me because mm-hmm. I knew it was going to end it on a low note and I didn't like it, but it so had to be you done. you must be the pessimist. Pessimistic the one. Pessimistic. The pessimistic one. <laughs> yes, And absolutely. I'm here with the optimism to slide in I love and it. bring it right back around. It's because of those houseplants. They've really been doing it for you. They bring me so much joy. When you bring me a snake plant, I'll understand. I was going to bring you a spider plant, but I will also bring you a snake plant. <laughs> Please because don't. those are really hard to kill. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. We should have people on our Facebook page vote for the name of my snake and spider plants. Yes. They can name them. We will. They'll be our mascots. Yeah. Perfect. Um, our dopamine mascots. Mm-hmm. I could put googly eyes on them. Beautiful. <laughs> My Roombas, I do have two, have googly eyes on them. Bebop and Rocksteady. Same. My Roombas also have googly eyes. <laughs> there's there's a company and out there names. that makes a lot of money off of dressing up Roombas. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm here for it. Yeah. We need the dopamine. My, this is completely off topic, but my favorite <laughs> part of the day and age we live in now is remembering all the things of our childhood that I wished we could easily access, like googly eyes. Right. And now they're just at our fingertips within days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Amazon just delivers it to the door. You need some googly eyes? I got you. When you, you can need, get like... You need some funny colored lights? I got you. Not, you're not limited to $7 light bulbs at Meyer anymore. Absolutely. You can get $7 strings of lights that turn any color you want them to. And you can control them with your phone. <laughs> or or random remotes. Our lamps have light bulbs in them and obviously <laughs> smart light bulbs. Let me, let me bring that to <laughs> less stupid. You put light bulbs in your lamp. Is that what they're for? It's. It's going to be magic when you do it. Trust me. <laughs> um, so smart ones. There's yes. smart ones. And they turn all the colors. Yes. And the blue ones make it look like things in my room are glowing. Mm-hmm. It's magic. I was showing a house a couple weeks ago. And they had like a island basically with two pendant lights over it. And, you know, I part of my job as a realtor is I turn all the lights on and off. So I come in and I turn all the lights on and these two pendant lights, like one is a white bulb and one is a yellow. And I'm like, oh, that's lame. Because when you're staging a house, you try to make sure the light bulbs are the right color or the same color at least. But for some reason I switched, I hit the light switch again later and the bulbs were different colors. So now one was yellow or they were opposite. The yellow one was white now and the white one was yellow. And I was like, what is happening? And I did it again and then they turned, one turned blue. And just as I was starting to panic, I remembered that smart bulbs are a thing now. And they had just put Wi-Fi smart bulbs in here not thinking about it. And apparently they just change random colors when you turn them on and off. I like to think that there was another switch in that kitchen that would have played music had you flipped it on. (laughs) I hope so. That would be a fun thing to find later. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I think as far as like cool random tricks go, that would be a fun one. I'm going to start hiding them places. Yes. They have tiny speakers now. You could put yeah. them in there. I love it. I'm here for it. 
Perfect. So I hope that we brought you guys some dopamine today. I feel like that was a good amount of dopamine. That was pretty. I liked it. I'm pretty doped out. (laughs) Perfect. It's better than that. Better than that. (laughs) Better than nothing. (laughs) Look. I only took this topic so that I could put that joke in. <laughs> I appreciate the long game on that. I got this. You've been planning that forever. Way apparently. too long. <laughs> the moment I learned about the Bermuda Triangle, I was like, I'm going to play this someday. Mm-hmm. That That's how you started the optimist and sometime pessimistic optimist show way back when. You were like, someday I'm gonna use I can this. talk about the Bermuda Triangle on this radio show. Exactly. I'm going to have with my best friend. <laughs> exactly. And it was worth it, I'm going to say. And it was great knowing you. Now that I've done it, I don't need this anymore. And now we're done. <laughs> friendship over. I think that we end our friendship in every show. This is going to be our shtick. <laughs> oh, there they go ending their friendship again. I'm so tired of it. It's played out. Never. I Not I mean, us. we've tried. It doesn't work. Mm-mm. We've tried to like grow apart, come back together every time. Here we are. <sighs> Sitting in my... I like moved closer to you. <laughs> but anyway, right. so hopefully so, we've given you all some dopamine. Yes. Here's your dopamine dose for the Hope week. we put it where you needed it. <laughs> hope it was better than meth. <laughs> they hope you're feeling all doped up. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Dungeons and And dopamine. dopamine.